one of the biggest problems that we have in the world today is that we've devalued music to it's basically free. And, you know, I, I keep seeing these articles like, well, what if Spotify charged you $14.99 a month? That isn't going to fix a problem. Getting another billion dollars in the system so that Universal or Sony can get another $800 million into their coffer and you trying to figure out it's not going to into the artist. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangel. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the first part of my conversation with Randy Sawson. My next guest is a groundbreaking filmmaker who has been at the helm of many of the most important music videos, concert films, and live stream events driving the sales of millions of albums, downloads, streams, and concert tickets. From Eminem to Pink Floyd, from Sarah Silverman to the Electric Daisy Carnival, EDC, he has been at the forefront of music visual storytelling for over 25 years. He's currently focused on music and entertainment blockchain projects, he is a blockchain shaman and can help anyone understand and embrace the Web3 reality that is happening now. His name is Randy Sawson, and this discussion will definitely be looking to the future. What's new under the sun for musicians? For all of us who appreciate good art when it comes to sound, what does Randy recommend and what does the future look like to him? Keep listening to find out. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. If you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com, where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And if you're getting some value from listening, feel free to spread that around and share it with a friend, along with leaving an honest review. Both those things really help, and I'd love to feature your review on future podcasts. You can leave one either in written or in voice format from the podcast's main page. I would so appreciate that. And now, here's my conversation with Randy Sawson. Thank you so much for being here, Randy. I really, really appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, I just wanted to get started by asking you a question that I like asking all of my uh, guests, and, and I always get really interesting answers. I'm sure you will have one, too. Do you have an early memory of how sound moved you? Wow. Um, sound? I, I, I've always been attracted to music, so... I don't know about necessarily sound, but music, you know, I was as a very young um, person. Um, I re the first thing I remember was I listened to the radio a lot and the Beatles were a thing. They happened. I was just about two years old when it when it broke. I, I grew up in Detroit and um, I used to listen to this AM station in the car. And I remember the first time hearing the Beatles. And that was something that really changed my life. You know, like just the sound that came out of the radio, the harmony, the thing, the whole and it just, you know, made made my life just crazy, you know, and that put me on a path of, you know, music, music, music my whole life, you know. Sure. So how did you get into the music from there? <laughs> that was, I mean, you know, the business of music was another thing. There's, mm. you know, like the, the concept of never meet your heroes, you know, like I ended up working in music. I've done a lot of stuff with musicians and things. I tend to work a little bit more in the 
um, visual realm, you know, for the past 25 plus years, you yeah, know, you were working with, with musicians, MTV, right? but also creating music videos and films and capturing festivals and trailers and creating unique movement of visuals with music. Um, but music is just the, the core of what I do. And my hobbies are music based. You know, I'm a DJ. I like to play vinyl. I do live streams with vinyl. And so that's and very much kind of like the core of my character has to do with sound, you know, although I'm very attuned to smell. I'm a very much a smell person. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I like when something smells or you can smell something very like you walk into a place you're like, oh, that's interesting. What's that incense? You know, like mm. I like I like that sense. But I They're definitely tied together. I guess so. I don't know. A lot. I'm not a neurologist on that level, but I'm very, you know, like much more. So that's very important to me. And I certainly like if something, you know, but even with like good cheese, like I'll eat a stinky cheese, even though the smell of it, it smells like locker room, you know, but, you're like, it's, but it's really good. But it's but, cheese. Um, yeah, I know. Exactly. You know, people are like, you know, there's a, I used to go to this place in um, England in London called uh, Notting Hill Cheese. And you'd walk in and it was, you know, it had been there for, I don't know, a hundred plus years. So just the mold and the stink and the, but the cheese was t literally like the best thing you've ever had. You know, yeah. so my friends well, would be like, this is disgusting. I'm like, I get over it. <laughs> That's a memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we used to have a really, really large cheese market here in Toronto too, that my parents used to take me to. So I remember that smell. Oh yeah. I do. <laughs> oh Yeah. It's a thing, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, so sound has always been something that I like, it moves me. I, I, I don't, I've never had my hearing tested. I hear okay, but I'm sure I used to play drums. So the cymbals with the high and the low, but I listen to things loud. My phone is always telling me to turn down my speakers. I don't, I tend not to use Bluetooth speakers cause they can't get loud enough, you know? So I'm very much a plug-in person and People are like, oh, you got to get the blah, blah, blah headphones. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't get loud enough for me. You know, it's just not, I need it loud. So, but it's also because I've been listening to loud music for a long time, or I like to hear things loud. I like, you know, in, in studios and whenever I'm there, I like to hear, turn it up and hear the whole full mix. So sound has always been a very important thing for me. You know, Sure. And you've probably seen a lot of things change since when you were doing MTV too. I mean, like that's... <laughs> And for the musicians as well. So I, I definitely want to get into that. What are some of the changes that you've seen from the musician end of things? I mean, there's been a lot, so, obviously. You know, the, you know, I like to say, um, and when I talk to artists, because there's a there's a real shift happening, but like everything is available. It's just, there's like a big chasm. So there, this bridge needs to be built between like what's available to people and how to do it and where we are today. Mm -hmm. um, but the business of music is complicated on purpose. And, and the way that the press and media and news, like newsletters and everyone who writes about the business, everyone, you know, fantasizes and talks about the business as if it's something that, you know, like, oh, it's healthy. It's good. You know, like, oh, you'll see articles like vinyl outsold CDs, you know. I mean, and that may be true. Vinyl may have outsold CDs in 2022. But if you go back to 1985, there were hundreds of millions of units sold. Now you're talking about a million units sold. So, you know, take away a couple hundred million units or $3 billion. And yes, vinyl to outsell CD. That's cool. And it's a cool thing. I'm just... The concept of buying, you know, the way we've moved it 
people are like, oh, our company paid $2 billion last year, but who do they pay it to? And how does that get to the artist? So there's this, you know, there's money here. The artist is here. And in between is this incredible, like, pachinko ball maze of things and black boxes and things that get stuck. So even though you make money, it's, you have to, it's, it's a thing to get collection for it. It's a thing to, you know, find out who has it. It's different, you know, values in different countries and different rules. And so, and all that is going to change and is starting to change. It's just, most people don't have the ability to get to it yet. And I mean, the regular person, the artists do. And, and, you know, what I would suggest to an artist in today's world is like, figure out technology, embrace AI, understand the blockchain, the, the, the ability to go direct to consumer has never been more available to you as an artist, but you need to figure out what that is and, and how that is and make it simple. But there is some learning curve, all the stuff that artists have to do today be on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or wherever they have to be to engage people is fine, but they're doing it on other people's platforms. And so all that data and all that information goes to the other platforms. You can use it and you hope your algorithm works, but, and coming soon will be the direct to consumer where they'll be able to connect to you directly in your world, you know, and what that means. It's just, it is a bit of a, it's complicated still, you know, there's still complications and no one, there's most people who work in the web three blockchain world don't, music isn't a priority and they, and there a lot of people are just in it for the money, like everything. And a lot of people in the, in the musical world, and certainly people who listen to music, it's complicated stuff to get, figure out a wallet and figure out of this. And can the blockchain do that? And where is my this? And so it's going to get easier. It's starting to get easier. And that is when you'll see the adoption and what people do with it. But I do see it's, you know, it's still, it's still a, a bit, a bit away. That's what my frustration is. You know, why I want to come on shows and be like, don't get frustrated. Like, just give it time. It will work. It will work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what are the steps then that an artist could go through in order to get involved in this? You've mentioned an ecosystem before. Right. So, so and, and to me, like yeah. an ecosystem is just like digitizing your fan club and figuring out who it is. I, I think one of the biggest, um, I, 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 it's like the both sides of a coin, right? Like one of the biggest problems that we have in the world today is that we've devalued music to it's basically free. And, you know, I, I keep seeing these articles are like, well, what if Spotify charged you $14.99 a month? That isn't going to fix a problem. Getting another billion dollars in the system so that Universal or Sony can get another $800 million into yeah. their coffer and you it's try to figure go out, to the music it's not going to go into the artists and they're yeah. not going to, Spotify is, you know, shockingly, it's a really good user interface and of all the music interfaces, I think it's the best, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I do use Apple a shot. Uh, unbelievably, like iTunes was the leader and it, mm -hmm. it ran the game and it was amazing. And they lost that somehow they lost it. Don't know how, but they did. Um, but you know, like even when I worked at MTV at one point, MTV was the original social media. Interesting. And then they how lost the out. Original? It just, it was, it was, you had to go to MTV. It kind of was the, oh. it was like the, the purveyor of the zeitgeist and it told you what was cool and you, had to watch it and there were like so specialty like YouTube programs. of the day. Yeah, it was, it was curated, right? So you couldn't, you had to pay attention, but like yeah. they had, you know, yo, yo MTV raps and 120 minutes and mm -hmm. headbangers ball. And so they genre out stuff. So you could watch 
alternative or heavy metal or hip hop, you know? Um, and then they had like TRL. So that was the pop thing where kids watched it live and you had to watch TRL to see what was happening. You know, they really had a grip on that thing. But then as, as smartphones and internet came, they just lost that ability and they tried to make it more about themselves rather than the user. And so for me, like artists, you know, unfortunately, music is almost like it's a little bit of a loss leader, but it's also something that I feel like, you know, we need another generation of artists to come up and be like, everyone can. And I'm not suggesting you shouldn't. You should put your music on DSPs like that's an important way for let, to let everyone listen to your music. But. Okay, understand before, that out of, well, before you go too much too, too much further dsps can you explain oh, that to the people platform, in the back because i don't know streaming platforms <laughs> um spotify okay uh, you know you want to put like and there's really easy ways to do that right with distro kid or cd baby right you can yeah. sign up for an account with your music and and through them you're not going to get paid a lot and that's not how you're going to get paid but everyone can hear your music sure okay. and that's so important DSP right? stands for digital streaming platform okay Great. <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and, and that is basically how most people hear music, right? And yeah. because of that, like for whatever you sign up to, you don't have to sign up to anything, right? You can use Spotify for free. Apple, you do. I think Apple, you can't get a free thing. You have to pay to use Apple. But Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, like you can use those. There's commercials and you have to deal with a commercial. But um, Pandora, any of those things, you can sign up for free. And listen to their platform on your laptop, on your tablet, on your iPhone, you know, and stream it to wherever you want to stream it, Bluetooth on a speaker in your house or whatever. So you can have music. There are commercials built into the free platform, but you can get it for free. If you spend $10 a month or whatever, you then you don't have commercials and you listen to as much as you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. And that's what you get, you know, and so you can make playlists. I think that's, you can make playlists. You can too. send playlists. Yeah. You can share with people. It's not a great social media. Shockingly, there is no social media for music. There was in like the late nineties, early two thousands. MySpace. MySpace? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember and it was, MySpace, people yeah. loved it, you know, yeah, but then yeah. it's gone away there. I'm shocked that there is, I guess TikTok is what people say to me. But it's not necessarily about music. Music is the kind of base for that. Yeah, and people use music. They use it as like a video. meme. Like they use it to meme yeah. things. You know, like yeah. they have a song and then they do something funny with it. And, and for me, a lot of this, like the saddest part is, and I guess I say it as like an old guy who like I, my first boy band was the Beatles. And so I, you know, I understand it may come off as like that, but I don't think an artist picking up a guitar or sitting in front of a piano or whatever they're doing, you know, writing a song thinks, I hope this song gets bought by Mentos so they use, so I can make money, you know, but nowadays that's the level. Like you, artists don't care. They don't, they just create music. And the only way they can make money is to sell it to a commercial, you know, and that's how they get paid real money quickly. Do you want to sound your absolute best when you're being interviewed on a podcast or when you're hosting your own show? I have a podcast episode and free downloadable worksheet called Sounding Your Best as a Podcast Guest off of the audiobrandingpodcast.com main page. Just click on the little square graphic to the left of the player displaying my podcast trailer. It gives you some comprehensive suggestions for where to start or for improving the sound you already have including the type of microphones to consider and why, ideas for soundproofing your recording environment, and suggestions on how to get the best sound 
when you're being remotely recorded on services like Riverside FM or Squadcast. Don't let bad audio quality hold you back from being the best podcast guest or host you can be. And of course, if you happen to need voiceover for your intro and outro, feel free to get in touch. I'm happy to help. And now back to the podcast. So what would you suggest to an artist then, starting now, who's on TikTok, who's doing their thing, who's trying to be on social media, maybe has an inkling of what blockchain is about, but not really how to get involved. What would you suggest is the first thing they should do? Like, I would say it started. <laughs> start like start your own like data reception, like create a, like go. There's a couple of really good platforms that'll do it. Um, research w w what that is, but you kind of want to like your own email list. Mailchimp does it. All these all these companies do it. So you have start simple with what's available today, and but also start to think about like what you can, how you can digitize your reality. And what that would mean, and 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 I like to think of it as like a um, get your get you 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 can you know get your fans in, and you want to kind of digitally fence them into like your fans. So people do it on Discord, but but it can get a little complicated with the server and signing up, and there you know like someone's going to figure out that magic app where it's it's like Discord, but you can do it really easily, you know. I see. Um, and okay. that's where so music it's a little complicated. Like, yeah. yeah. So you want to yeah. like kind of like digitally fence in your fans. And then communicate with them and see what they want and don't sell them all the time. Just find out what it is and give them, give those, because you're going to see certain people. There's another company called Award Pool and they do kind of like a simple like reward program. They will let you build your fans in a, and almost like a widget thing. That's pretty, pretty basic. And you can start to engage them in certain things and maybe, you know, the more they do this, they get this, you know, like figure out what that is for you and what you do as an artist. You know, like I, I guess if you spend all your time on social media, then you need to get your fans to be there with you and engage and help you build it. But ultimately what you're trying to do is, you know, build a community where, where the, the token, I hate to use that word because it's such a bad word, but the token has genuine intrinsic value in your system. And then eventually those people who have a token or have earned their way to, to a certain token level will be able to get the next song you have and be able to sell that song. You know, you can airdrop to them 10 copies of the song and then they can sell it. But built into all this information will be a price point that can, can't be less than this, can't be more than that. It, it's going to say it's going to help ticketing. You know, like everyone's like, it's a, oh, you can't do the... I understand the way the business is set up now, you can't do it. But if you're an artist who only wants to make all like, I guess there's also a sense of like, well, the, like the dirty little secret is like artists want to make as much money as possible because they always see the world slipping away from them. But if they know that they can get money quicker and more efficiently and it's coming directly to them, I think there's going to be a sense of like, I don't need to make a hundred million in order to make 20 million. I can make 20 million and I actually made 20 million. You know? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. You know, <laughs> or I made nice a to be million. Able to pay your rent. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. And so, like, you know, if you can make a million dollars, but it costs you eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do that, so you still made one hundred and fifty. But if there's four people in the band, and blah, 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 now that yeah. if you can make a million dollars and it only costs you a hundred thousand, well, now there's nine hundred thousand dollars. You know, and and maybe you do have to pay a this and a that and this. So then it's down to seven fifty. But now you got four members of a band splitting seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's a much better take home thing for the mm. band, you know. Yeah, much better. Yeah. And you can, with ticketing, you can say like, 
you here, I'm going to airdrop you 20 tickets to my next tour. You as the token holder get to sell my ticket. You can't sell it for less than a hundred. You can't sell it for more than 500 and you mm. can trace that, you know, but again, those things are coming. They exist today. You just have to know a lot about it. I would say like, do some research on Avenge Sevenfold. See what they've okay. done in the metaverse. This guy, Daniel Allen has done a lot. Um, I would suggest the artists like, don't look at the blockchain as a way to sell your IP or to monetize your royalties. Those are old antiquated ways. The royalty is an antiquated way for you to feel good about making music and getting paid from a system mm -hmm. that really kind of reduces it down to the least amount that they're willing to give you for every time someone listens to your song on certain platforms. Yeah. Because you don't get a royalty. it's not trackable everywhere. It isn't. And, you know, like the royalty, it's like, was paid on radio and mm. certain airplays. And, but now like when you buy a record, when I used to buy, when I bought an album or if you bought a CD, you don't pay a royalty every time you listen to it in your house, you know, that, no. that, but in theory, in theory, you should like the way the royalty is set up, you theoretically should do that, but you don't. And that's sure. why the it's been reduced. Music has been reduced to basically free because of the way the new system is set up. So I would say to artists, like don't sell your IP. Don't, Put, make the tokens have like royalty value because then it pretty soon the sec is going to come in and be like hold on you're selling it's like making it an investment you want someone to buy the record and i'm talking about like to me records should be 500 a thousand five thousand dollars like that's what he, and there should only be five thousand of them you know interesting yeah you know and and every, so everyone can listen to your music and that's fine like the, everyone can hear your thing but the but only it's a 5, collectible asset can, oh, genuinely collectible and owning yeah. that record means that you're high up in the ecosystem of the artist's world or the fenced in mm -hmm. world and that's a very valuable thing because you can do a lot of things within that world depending on who the artist is you know like it really becomes a, a, a an ideal that the artist connects to the fan digitally you know yeah. i don't suggest the artist like don't do meet and greets and then like fig, you talk to your fans. You can listen, you can have chats with them and do whatever digitally do your, like the Reddit does an AMA and ask me anything, you know, like you can do those and ask me anything. Um, and then find out what they want, you know, and if you're willing to do it, great. If you're not willing to do it, don't say no, just don't do that. You know? Good point. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to tell anyone you're not exactly. doing it. Just don't do it. Hey, we took your suggestions. We're going to, yes, you're, we're going to make a cheeseburger on Thursday. Like you want, you know, like that's what we want to do. Great. We're going to do a video of how we make a cheeseburger at band yeah. practice or whatever. I know we're all dealing with a lot these days. So I really wanted to acknowledge those that have gone out of their way to leave an honest review of this podcast. Like Hazel, who writes, great show, great selection of guests, and provides valuable insights about the sound industry. Thanks, Jody. Thanks so much for your kind words, Hazel. I'm really glad you're enjoying it. And for those of you that are interested, you can also leave a voice review now off of the main podcast page. It's super simple, and I'd love to hear what you think. Now, back to the show. So questions along those lines, you'd mentioned a couple of people that have started to make this work. Can you talk a little bit more about like a particular artist or band that you think is really doing this right and why they're doing it right? Like, how are they doing it? Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe you can't talk of the specifics because. No, no, know. no. I think like I think when if you if if you look at it, what a band like Avenged Sevenfold has done, they've mm -hmm. really 
educate they have a really solid fan base they took their logo and their kind of like mascot and created a collection of tokens and sold those tokens they they did youtube tutorials to teach people how to do it cuz like i said it's heavy lifting buying an nft and the term nft right is is a it's it's a very specific thing that has been kind of take again the way the press handles it mm-hmm. everything becomes crypto everything oh crypto that's a rip off it's a scam it's like yeah I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the, the incredible technology that is digital currency because it is an incredible technology. And mm-hmm. 50 years from now, people will be like, oh, well, they were talking about it back then. We thought it was this and it wasn't. But but mm-hmm. I understand the concept and I would say be very careful of cryptocurrency and that's not how you're going to make money. And the blockchain has very little to do with cryptocurrency and more to do with you being able to easily keep a ledger that's immutable. Right. So and there are many blockchains and you can create your own blockchain now with certain things. But artists like Event Sevenfold have done a really good job teaching people how to use the technology today, doing YouTube tutorials and educating their fans and showing them what the value of that is, you know, and they've gone as far like the things that they're willing to do is they've gone as far as like if you have a token. I believe you you can go to one or two shows a year for free. So oh, nice. then they okay. had to go back to their agency, CAA, who books them. And it's like, and every show, we need you to hold 200 tickets. You okay. Know? But if they're making money and they're exactly. making money for the booking Just venue, build it into our contract, making... build it into our thing. And in the end, if yeah. we can sell those tickets, we'll sell the tickets and we'll go back to the promoter. Sure. But if 200 people show up with that token, we have to be able to give them that thing to, yeah. to, to show them what the value of having this token is. And it's a long-term investment. They've decided that they believe in the metaverse, so they're building real estate in the metaverse, and that's where they want people to go. I, I believe there's a world where we'll do that. I just think it's going to take longer for people to digitize, and I think this is going to be, you know, your phone is going to be a little bit more connectivity sure, than yeah. your putting on glasses and living in a world. I'm not saying it's not <laughs> happening. I just think, yeah, yeah. I think that's 20 plus years away before a whole generation grows up and has an, or puts it on, like they look like this. And there's and you have a thing and you can touch your hand or whatever you know it's a much yeah. easier Google way. Google Glass and, just went away, didn't it? I know, I know. Oh. But I'm, I'm sure Apple's coming with one. And Something like else the, will come out. Yeah, yeah, there'll be another. You know, I think I think cert, at certain points they they're like, how long is it going to take us? And you know, I think they're right now yeah. we're in an AR world where I think a lot of alternative realities there. You can hold your phone up and see it, and it's very interactive. And people are mm-hmm. doing that at shows. You know, there's a real like I know Fish does it with the things flying around the, the arena. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so it's a cool thing. And that, and so, but it's not readily available. Not everyone uses it. And then I think there's going to be an XR where it's like a little bit of both, you know, where the, it feels AR, but you're feel immersed in it. And eventually yeah. it'll be that VR fully immersed experience. But I do think we, like, I don't know that my generation will ever get there. Sure. Although I just, as an aside, I was like, why didn't like VR companies put all this money into like making really comfortable VR glasses and then start putting them into like retirement homes where oh, people aren't so very sense. mobile, but you know, well, they can put them music. on and then they can go to the, they can, they can all take a tour to the, the Louvre. They can yeah. all go looking in the rainforest, you know? And, and it's like, now you're building people and like grandkids and grandparents can work together and they can share the experience together, yeah. you yeah. know, like, and, and it kind I mean, of destigmatizes the whole thing, you know? 
Yeah, and and I was going to say music reaches us on such a deep level that does, you can get does. people with Alzheimer's actually remembering things when they hear the so, music. And, uh, Why wouldn't a, you go for something like that? Yeah, I, know. I agree. Yeah. I know, it's, it's a real thing. And I do think the the concert experience it's like it's it's changing so much and it's stayed honestly mm -hmm. it's it like i'm at the point of like why why do we have to have a stage in one place with mm -hmm. two points of sound you know it's 2023 like you can have 20 30 points of sound very easily everything's digital you can f figure out where these things are and like, and why is the stage in the, you know, like, so the people in the back can't see and like, and now you're in stadiums and you're not, I, I don't know. Like, I think that experience is going to be like figured out better and yeah. people are going to have a much more enjoyable experience and that will help bring more, bring more people in. And that's what artists, that's what I would say as an artist, like think about the entire experience, what you're doing, where you're playing, what it sounds like, what it looks like, how you can engage the AI bot to be like you and own your own your kind of copyright or your reality of what it is like the way you write and the way you sing and the way you you know compose should be controllable and ais are about sure. to take take that on and it's going to be a minute before it gets in front of a judge and they rule a certain way like i don't know if you remember in the beginning the beginning of hip-hop like that's what happened right they just took music there was this technology you could just yeah. kind of sample and then they were able to take a sample and make music from other people's music. And for five, eight, 10 years, maybe everyone yeah. did that. Until they got taken to court and lost a lot of money. <laughs> well, and then, and, and then the judge said, okay, we're not going to do it retroactive because it's too hard to figure out. Like, you know, sure. and, but nowadays you can, right. You can point a, a bot at a thing and be like, what is that music in there? Yeah. And it'll be like, Oh, so here you go. Careful. Here's a list of songs. Yeah. yeah. So, so like that's, you know, I'm trying to say to artists, like, create your own bot and let people come to you. And then within that bot, build yourself a thing where you, you, you're now co-writing with people, but even artists to do that, you build your own bot, have it as a member of your band, and then you can write a song and let the bot work on it for a while and see what else it comes up with, you know, yeah. and make it, a, it member. a share. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Like you can give it a share or whatever. It's like, it's your, it's your thing. And you're, in, yeah. you're embracing technology, you know, like, there is a bit of like the frog and boiling water thing happening now where you, I see yes. people just like, no, 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 no. And it's like, it's not going you can away. Hide. Yeah. You, you can know? hide, but it's coming for you. I think any, <laughs> any lawyer that's, you know, in the world today, like if you're not willing to work with AI, you probably won't be a lawyer within five years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think that's doing to lawyers? Like, I think, like, I think, I, it's, like, I think they're like, I'm either going to retire or I, what, what is this? You know, cause I, they're already talking like paralegals are basically out. Like bots can do the job of paralegals. Okay. And the okay. new bot, the new GPT four that came out is like night passes the bar 90% of the time. So you're talking about a machine that's passing a bar exam. Like what's wow. the level of testing at a bar exam? It's, <laughs> It's a lot to become a lawyer, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, and so I would say that even with music, like it's going to figure stuff out. It might not be perfect at first, but it's going to figure things out and it learns, it's machine learning. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I just encourage artists to embrace it. So like I said, digitally fence in your world, engage with the, with the real fans and find out who your, your, your super fans, your fanatics and your freaks are. That and that's where <laughs> yeah. and that's your base and don't sell them all the time. 
like engage with them all the time, but don't make yeah. it constantly where you're like 20% off this, 30% off that. Like, cause otherwise you're, you're, they're just going to look at you like, well, this artist only just wants to sell me, you know, and sure, you're an artist, yeah. you know. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time, 